Am, am I wrong about this? You're wrong I, about this. <laughs> Andy does love some Andy. It's like you're inside of my head. <laughs> what is your fascination with Peterson? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. Dear future me, <laughs> don't go to the courthouse. The Katie's moral a- of the story is don't leave your martial arts equipment and your other coat in a parallel dimension. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. <laughs> I'm Andy and I like every comic that's ever been made. I would not go to Jonathan Frake's booth because I would get space herpes. And now your hosts, Joel Simon. Andy podcast cock blocker and bean if it wasn't for sitting on the floor i just think you're a robot and andy padel i put pouches on people's ankles yeah. on the inside of the calves <laughs> and i can't draw feet All right, let's give it a shot. Welcome to episode 29 of Trade Secrets. Uh, I am your host, Andy Podell, and today with me are Joel Simon. Sup, sup. And Ann Bean. Hello. Uh, today we are going to be discussing Lucifer, which is a spinoff from the Sandman series. It was done by Mike Carey, Scott Hampton, Chris Weston, James Hodkins, Warren Police, and Dean Ormstrom. Is Ormstrom? Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, we're going to start things off with Luke's dead. We're sticking with that. <laughs> there was a f- brief fluctuation in the space-time continuum, but it's since been corrected. It's been corrected. <laughs> exactly. Damn it, I, damn it, I killed him on the show once. I'll do it again. Um, and Dell time agent. What have you guys been reading? Um, well, I, I've been, personally, I've been reading... Uh, Punisher, I read Punisher Max. Punisher Pun- Max or Punisher Max? Punisher. Not not the same Punisher Max that we covered on the show, but the other Punisher no, Max. No, the other, the other Punisher Max by, by Garth. Garth Ennis, his, his first oh, run of it. Oh, right. Yes, the early, that. early one. And um, in usual Ennis faction, it's um, fashion, it's... Shockingly it's, brutal? It's, it's oh, so kind of brutal. weird. It is so brutal. Yeah. Fantastic? It, it, is, it is amazingly fantastic. And... Punisher, I don't think has ever been so punishing. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, there, there's actually there is actually the most surprising scene was there was a scene where the Punisher shoots a guy in the face with a shotgun and he keeps on coming and they Ooh. actually show the shotgun face. Yeah, so for shotgun some reason, face never good. Yeah, creature. for for some reason, yeah, he he likes shotguns to the face. It, it's it's easy common, to draw. Yeah. yeah, it's a common theme <laughs> through his books. Indeed, I forgot yeah. that. Yes, he wrote Preacher. Yeah, he and did. The boys and Does sorry, I'm a little bit gurgling. Were, were there shotguns to the face in the boys? Yeah. Okay. Oh. All right. There you go. Not, not so much shotgun so face, but M80 to the face. That's not yeah. as in the firework as in the fully automatic assault rifle. Oh my god. That's much much <laughs> the same theme, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a little messier. And the guy keeps coming. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So that's. It's one thing he likes. It's just persistence, persistence of the human soul. That's that's what he's going for. Arse face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and some and some faces that look like assholes. Yeah. 
Anne, have you read Preacher? I've read the first trade. Just the first trade? Okay. I think that's all I've read. But you know about our space. I know about our space. So later on in the series, they uh, they run into our space again. And he's sort of a comical joke, <laughs> like after they first meet him. And Cassidy uh, realizes that he's never been laid before. So they take him to a whorehouse in oh, no. Nolens. And uh, they be like, okay, just keep the bag on, whatever you do. And they're standing out in front of said house of ill repute and you just hear oh my god <laughs> and then they're just out in front of the building <laughs> laughing their asses off <laughs> well I, you know they're doing it for the money i think oh, they've Ennis. pretty much seen everything pretty much and what have you been reading i have actually been reading things because i finished my grad school semester so i read things it was kind of intense um, congratulations halfway done i read bits of i'm reading it in bits and pieces because it's the sort of thing you read in bits and pieces of uh milk and cheese dairy products gone bad by evan dorkin which is so much fun it's it's ridiculous it feels like little like it kind of feels like the stick figure mini comics that were in johnny the johnny the homicidal maniac that he purportedly drew except it's the whole the whole book they they came out about the same well no because milk and cheese came out what five years before johnny no idea how old it is I was realizing, but it's a very attractive hardcover re-release by Dark Horse, and it's lovely. Uh, I'm glad I picked it up. Of stick figures. No. You draw a postage stamp, and then you draw little angry eyes on it, and then you have cheese. Then you draw a little house, and you draw a little stick on the top, and draw a little angry eyes on it, and you have milk. Okay. And they rampage. It's lovely. They're, they're. Oh, Oh, and this is a comic book. Yeah. These, these aren't ingredients. No. No. Okay. Past that, I... I went to Half Price Books with a box of books, and what always happens at Half Price Books is I go in with a box of books, meaning to get money, and then they make you wait around for like 25 minutes while they're pricing your books, and I always end up finding something and like breaking even. Um, And in this case, I picked up ostensibly for free, which I felt totally justified for, uh, the like complete edition of Echo, because I was curious if it got any better. And call back to episode six, Boring Girl and Super Truck. Okay. And... I think it it definitely got better as it went along. I'm about halfway through it right now. I've read the equivalent of about three trades, I guess. Um, I think there are still flaws in the series, but it was certainly worth my time to read it. I, I feel like he was really, like we said on the on the episode, he was really stretching himself to go in this genre. And I think he has more success with it later once the plot starts rolling. He can he can kind of go with it and once some of the mechanics of like what's up with her suit and like she has the consciousness of the last of annie the one that died in the, the girl metal. who got hit by the okay, rocket so a couple questions yeah. i have to ask first what happened to the biker gang do so they survive or do they get and this I, th- I thought this was a reasonable and interesting thing to 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 do with them after sort of like biker ex machina is like half of them get ripped apart by creepy homeless guy who okay, also has metal on him. Okay, that was my second question. What happened to the homeless guy? Um, he's super homeless guy. S- super hobo. Super so. homeless guy. <laughs> um, yeah, he's still full of crazy and running around and exploding people. And um, he and boring girl have a, c- a confrontation, and she like absorbs more of the metal off of him. Oh, okay, and he becomes less crazy, or just less metal. <laughs> just okay. less metal, still crazy. It, now, if only that metal was lithium. He would be a okay. You know, he'd be like, hey, I'm normal. Look at that. 
Problem solved. Mm. Uh, he went from like <coughs> late '80s Metallica to early 2000s Metallica. Yeah, a little mm. bit less metal. Okay, less little, metal. Still little crazy. garage band. Okay. Uh, anything else? That's all. Okay, so I have been reading Starman, rereading Starman, mm. uh, old Vertigo series. It's very weird. And is that with Tony Allen, uh, the the guy who um, the the artist for Ex Machina? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he does the later stuff in it, if I remember correct. What else? Why can I not think of the... Flex Mentallo. Okay. <laughs> that is brilliant. Flex Mentallo? Flex Mentallo is Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly Ooh. writing really weird shit. I like that plan. <laughs> it's completely surreal and much smarter than I am, but I still enjoy it. Ooh. I should <laughs> certainly get my hands on that. So, by the way, who is Flex Mentallo? He is the mysterious muscle man of mystery. Oh. Of mystery. Excellent. Okay. Uh, he is just a very buff, hairy dude. Who's very smart. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but he's <laughs> mysterious. Because I, I understand the flex part, the mentalo, I'm still trying to grasp. I'm still trying to grasp. It's only, I think, four or five issues. But okay. uh, they re-released it as a hardback. Um, other than that, free comic book day stuff. Oh, yeah. I did go to that. I was lucky enough to grab one of the uh, the Arachna, or Archaea. Why do I always mispronounce that? The, uh, the hardback, Mouse Guard, Dark Crystal like compendium thing that they released nice for free no oh. good job it was hardback too yeah wow so sitting right over there okay that's that's, that's the reason why people were looking for it yeah okay and they gave it away for free yep it's like christmas yep okay yep okay wow uh crossed badlands oh uh, huh? joel doesn't like crossed uh, family values is where I, I pull the plug on that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with people getting like completely insane on dystopia and then killing the shit out of each other in a variety of violent ways. I mean, it's it's reverse, right? Uh, yes, yes, it is reverse, and I can totally understand like society going bad. But <laughs> Face there, mask codpiece yes. was just too much for you. No, I, <laughs> no, um, oh it was. <laughs> do you remember family yeah. values? Okay, it was the barn scene. Okay. Okay. That, that's where yeah. I was like, um, wait, is this Joel's incest trigger? Yeah. yeah pretty much. Actually, nailed in one, knocked it out of the park. Way to go, there, man. Well, it, should we, we that? we've discussed what our our, yes. our issues are. And incest is mine. There you go. That's all you have to do is the little brother and sister, and it's it's all good. I'm done. You're done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I can take shotguns to the face. You know, I can taste horse cock. I, I can take you that can too. Take horse cock. I, I can take horse cock too, but I can't Misogyny. take. I can't take incest. No incestuous horse cock. No incestuous horse. Cock. Yeah, if it was my, if it was my sister's horse cock, that would be kind of strange. That sentence just happened. Yeah. So this week we're going to be talking about uh, Lucifer, uh, Devil in the Gateway. It's uh, um, two parts, actually. The first is the far four-issue miniseries, uh, Sandman Presents Lucifer. Three-issue. Three-issue. And then the first arc. Um, and since it was your pick, do you want to sort of just say, first off, why you chose this? Sure. Other than to spite me? Um, a little bit to spite you. A little bit because I was thinking, I was put on the spot, and I was like, big, long comic series that are good and we should talk about. Oh, Lucifer. Um I think this is maybe the most successful spinoff ever in that technically it's a spinoff of Sandman, but really I think Mike Carey's writing is so strong and he really, he takes a few established characters and a general feeling and really makes a whole very, very strong, compelling world out of it. 
Do you remember the history of how Lucifer actually... Was it a doll's house that Lucifer leaves yeah. hell? And that's actually a trade secrets episode seven or something. It's just the one that's just me and Luke talking as we covered the, the one that's Lucifer got Dream to cut off his wings so that he could leave hell and put the two angels, Remuel and Duma, in charge. Okay, yeah, I was going to say... I. They they made a mention of that in the book, and I did I wasn't familiar with he, the he, incident. He straight up quit. He's like, hey, what's up, Lord of Dream? I'm going to give you the key to hell. You chop off my wings. I'm going to go work a work a club in L.A. So Peace. is the Sandman the Lord of Dream? Yes. Not familiar yeah. with okay. Um, there's the... So for listeners at home who are not familiar with the Vertigo... Pa- uh, Pantheon? Pantheon. Um, there is Dream, Destruction, Desire, Destiny... Delight who becomes delirium, despair, destroy, did I say destruction? You did. I don't think you said death, but... Uh, yeah. Death and... Was that... I think that's everybody. Yeah. Um, and destiny. 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 Uh, and that's sort of there above God, if I remember correct. They were there before the... They are the, the endless. Yeah, they're the endless. Um, they're the most powerful creatures in the vertical universe. Which is why... More powerful than God? Yes. Okay. I find the theology, both of Sandman and Lucifer, really, really interesting. Because, I mean, coming from I I'm not Christian background, uh, this is taking Christian mythology and doing really, really fun things with it. And I'm glad that they did. Have you ever read uh, Job, A Comedy of Justice? Yes. Okay. Because there's some very strong similarities between that and sort of the... That's true. The ideas that are presented here. And and the big thing has to do with sort of balance of divine power, um, and the the little mini series that started this whole business, um, the Sandman presents Lucifer is is all about um, Lucifer doing a favor for heaven and getting granted one wish, and he wishes for a letter of passage, which sets off a whole chain of really weird metaphysical events. Where he figures out how to use the, a letter of passage from God to do the most like devious shit possible. Because he's Lucifer. Cause yeah, he's Lucifer. yeah. Dude, because yeah, that's what Lucifer does. Lord of lies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think my favorite thing about this is that he's he's a really compelling character. You, he's an asshole, and you love him. Yes. Um, unlike Dream, who, as Andy has pointed out, does tend to be a bit soppy and like stand around in the rain, feeling sorry for himself. Lucifer, like goes out, gets drunk, and makes people make horrible choices. Make horrible choices <laughs> and then have their entire lives wrecked by their own choices. Yeah, that's Wee! You know, I okay, so I didn't really see that in the in the first story. Well he he tells the girl that he can you know, she can save his brother who she's feeling terrible oh yeah, spoilers. Yeah. Uh Yeah. You know, he's like, Yeah, you'll be able to save your brother. Mm. And then tells her, you know, oh, you just have to wish that this thing was gone. She does. And she's like, okay, now how do we save my brother? He's like, we, we don't know. You missed that opportunity. Yeah. You could have done it, but you forgot. And I'm d- not going to just hold your hand the entire time. He never says to wish that the thing is gone either. He's just like, now make a wish. Yeah. And she totally had the option to wish her brother back, but instead she didn't. So, but if she did wish her brother back, then the velocity or whatever that is. Velody. Been the Velody. Okay. Um, like Velveeta. Okay. I had to look it up. It means the smallest amount of possible desire. Oh, really? 
Oh, that's so great. And that's and that's the one thing I loved about this book is that um, it doesn't it doesn't explain everything straight for you. You know, um, and that's one of the things that it's it's one of those kind of stories that you have to actually stick with it and keep with it, and everything will be explained if you keep on reading. And yeah, you, you have to pay story. attention. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's it's not exactly Civil War, one of those Marvel crossovers where you know people punch each other in the face. There's a lot of A V X V F F V S W V exactly. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff there, and I I really I really enjoyed it. It was kind of it was kind of hard to get into because I'm not familiar with the the canon uh, because uh, apparently this is a a, a spinoff from Sandman, and I'm not familiar with Sandman, so I don't think um, it really matters. Yeah, it's I well mean there are some things because they made mention of like oh hey Lucifer got his wings cut off. I guess that's that's significant because it's somebody it's backstory, yeah. but you don't need to. For the duration of Lucifer, you don't. It y- it's just extra. Oh extra yeah, yeah. Additional it, it just really fleshes out the story. Yeah. Because there, uh, in the second story, they were talking. There was some character that was. I don't know. His mother was the Eastern Hell owner or something like that, and he oh. was looking for Lucifer's wings for some reason. Yeah, Susano Makoto or some somebody okay. like that. I have no idea who that is. And he does show up in Sandman like once briefly. Okay. Yeah, all the uh, the various. Like leaders of the hells show up at mm-hmm. one point or another. Well, and, and along with Thor, <laughs> Thor, yeah. Thor actually shows up. Thor actually shows up because Thor wants hell because Thor is a jerk. Yeah, well, well, he's representing the the Norse Norse pantheon. You know, and hell. that's the funny thing when Thor usually shows up in somebody in some other comic book, he usually is a dickhead. Uh, and the Vertigo version of Thor is especially dickheadish. Is 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 dickheadish and just like generally a moron. He's just a frat. He's boy, really meaty. Like <laughs> he's made out of meat in a major way. He's like a ham that holds a hammer. It's true. Okay. It, which is pretty much it, what Thor is. I feel like that's barely, accurate to Norse mythology. Is, yeah. Um <clears throat> so and th- and that's the one thing I really enjoyed because it it really was deep. And so it starts off with this story about um, this angel shows up in in Lucifer's bar, because Lucifer owns a bar now and plays piano, I guess. Because like you do, yeah. D- exactly. Does anyone else feel like the uh, the angel early on was very similar looking to a homeless man or possibly Alan Moore? Yeah, <laughs> uh, give him a little more of a beard. He yeah. could be Alan Moore. Yeah. He, he was a little disheveled though, and that's one of the things is was Lucifer the only one that's kept his good looks over the ages. Well, he's the only one who cares. Okay. Because everybody else is kind of Ramiel and and Duma are okay. Yeah, and they're not com- they haven't completely Okay, gone and, to and that's that's another thing. They're emasculated emasculated? Yeah. Well, effeminated? Effeminated. And whatever. They they're girly men? Yeah. If I totally understand they sort don't of really have androgynous. You should always be able to tell. Time. You know, but th- that's an angel, right? They they don't have sexual organs. Androgyny is overrated. I guess Bowie, so. just um, saying. Uh, I'm saying maybe androgyny is overrated. Maybe you guys can explain this w- to me then. Why are angels controlling hell now? Be in that that was that was the deal. Is so, Dream Lucifer. got the key to hell, okay. and like a whole bunch of people showed up, being like, "So hey, I hear you have the key to hell. <laughs> uh, I will threaten, cajole." Bribe, bribe, etc. You for this thing, and in the end, he's like, "No, fuck all y'all. Uh, I'm gonna give it to these angels." 
to heaven because basically. they don't want it because they don't want it and they don't want anyone else <laughs> they don't want anyone to have it they don't want it oh, they want nothing to do with it so guess what they get it i'm a pompous ass and that i'm gonna do so what subversive. is the most funny thing for me so i'm gonna give the key to hell to the angels yeah exactly and then the great irony is they're they're doing the same thing except it's for the good of the the well, sinners yeah because it that needs makes to it be worse done. it needs to be done so they say well you gotta punish the wicked actually right? in uh in dante's divine comedy Purgatory always rang like more creepy to me than hell because it's run by angels and they're still doing really fucked up things to people like sewing their eyelids shut with rusty wire like you do. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, people people stuck in purgatory, they don't need to see anymore. They don't want to see their stuff. Um <laughs> and well, and that's one <laughs> of the thing I'm not really familiar with the mythology of of for one, for the Bible, or just like pre-Bible history, I, I never really read the Old Testament, so uh, all these Lucifer doesn't show up in the Bible. Yeah, that's it. So how how we got created, and the whole host 16th of angels. Century was that when Lucifer came about? Oh. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Well, no, before then, because Dante has Lucifer. Oh shit! Yeah, um. and he was he was thirteen hundreds. Okay, uh, but Paradise Lost by Milton was like the major. I'm going to give personality to the de- devil and angels and all this stuff. Okay, so that that's was 1600s. That's where demons and and the like came about. Was ar- around that time. No, because demons were around before then. Okay, but not. But no angels. Lucifer, Morningstar, or sort of um, Azazel, uh, Beelzebub, all Moloch. They were all brought up well, actually, some Moloch of the angels are, are mentioned in the bible like Gabriel and as creatures with six wings and terrifying metal faces if y- I remember correct something like that yeah okay okay see I'm not familiar with this so so whenever you go to like prehistory and myth and Christian mythology and that kind of and I it's just I'm not familiar with it so um like Duma and and the Melok and some of the other angels um <coughs> M- Melloc's not in Moloch. Moloch? Okay. Moloch. But he wasn't in that. Um, no, he's not in the book. Okay. All right. The, the, the weird <laughs> angel guys. Uh, in the second story, it's Melios, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Not familiar with their backstory. So I just, you just got to kind of go with it. Yeah. Um, and and they throw in some, some Native American uh, shamanistic mythology in there too, you know, just to kind of spice it up. A little bit. And well, Neil Gaiman has a tendency to do that, and I think that carries over to any of the books that started out with Sandman Presents. Yeah. Mm. Like, he, he liberally borrows from, like, he'll be like, you know, uh, a pinch of Christianity, a little dab of Buddhism, some Native American those for flavor. Yeah. Some I feel Egyptian like lore, just, so, you know, to get the colors right. It's going <laughs> off of the assumption that, like, all mythology from around the world is simultaneously true and exists in this sort of like weird spiritual realm of like you go in one place you find you know all the japanese pantheon hanging out in a desert filled with weird turtles okay Uh, you go you go another place with a you know native american girl you're going to find the gods of her tribe even though she's completely disconnected from it you know chilling yeah but she has the bloodline, and so that's the reason right. why they use her. I, I and I really there's there's some scenes in especially the first story that I really enjoyed, and I, I wanted to read more. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to finish the second story, 
So, and that was more about the tarot. And I'm, I'm not even familiar with the tarot cards either. I so don't think it matters. The first time I read through this book, I was completely unfamiliar with the tarot. Um, the second time I read through it, I am now incredibly familiar with the tarot. And it's interesting to see which cards they have in there that are not in the actual tarot. Steve the Jester is not a tarot card. <laughs> <laughs> the fool is, but Steve, you know, he's he's special. Steve is not. Okay. And well, it, it seems you've the drawn The Lightbringer is not, but the devil is. Yeah. It seems you've drawn Bob the Lawnkeeper, <laughs> Steve the Jester, and Wicket the <laughs> Hobbit. <laughs> Those aren't real tarot cards at all. Uh, Wicket's an Ewok. Yeah. It's the Ewok in the in the actual tarot. The, the Jedi your Christmas special? No, that's not even a movie. Jub jub. <laughs> man, when they took away the yub yub song, man, all my dreams, all my dreams are dead. Uh, um, you guys want to talk about the art at all? Any thoughts one way or the other about that? I think, I mean, it's I so like visible. it. I like that, like Sandman, it sort of shifts and changes throughout. It, it screams late 90s Vertigo artwork. Yes, like it does. All sorts of I like Vertigo it. stuff like looked like this. Lovely, lovely painting. Yeah. Just. Mm. For this page, I'm going to do something completely different than every other page in the book. Which I'm secretly fine with. Uh, Who is it that... Whoever this artist is that does the, the um, single, the very last issue with the ghosts, I feel like he ends up... He drew quite a bit of the series and has kind of an iconic... So while I Anne's think it might be Dean Normston. Well, and while you're looking that up, uh, there's a bunch of spinoffs from... Sandman in one way or another. Um, you've got Mystery Theater, Lucifer. Um, I th- was Children's Crusade? Was that actually the start of Sandman? Or was that at the end of Sandman? Because that's where Books of Magic came Children's from. Children's Crusade? Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe that just ran through. But, uh, yeah. S- most of the Vertigo stuff, um, unless it's isolated and does not interconnect anywhere, has ties deep into Sandman. This is no exception. Mm. And throughout the series, it'll do callbacks to Sandman. Okay. Which is kind of irritating to me. Well, that's fair. You, you don't, don't like, like it. It's Sandman? No, it, uh, because I understand that books will have callbacks, but it seems like every single issue of, or not issue, but every arc will have a callback to a, a completely different series. Mm, I can it, see it, that. Like, it doesn't yeah. have a voice of its own. It can't say, this is a story about these characters from this book. Well, I mean, I feel like that's sort of indicative of Vertigo and kind of how they were functioning. I mean, they were originally DC Vertigo. They're kind of an offshoot of DC making their own little wacky But I mean, universe. that was just, what, Hellblazer and Sandman for six months. Or, I'm sorry, Hellblazer and Swamp Thing. I thought we were the only ones who were actual DC Vertigo. Eh, and be. then it became Vertigo, and then Sandman jumped in. So maybe at that point was the, the sort of universe uh, You know what, so now that I think about it, yeah. So you've got... You start the Vertigo line as actual Vertigo. Sandman starts, so you've got your groundwork laid there for all other stories. Mm-hmm. So I guess calling back to that makes sense, as much as I hate to admit it. Yeah. I so mean, it's, to me, it's no different than any of the b- big two no, or anything else that has a major world. world, it sounds like. You know, so you have this world that's populated with these different characters that you've given some backstory to or some life to, and you can use them in between at some um, point, uh, John Constantine shows up in this very briefly. Yeah, uh, but he's the original Vertigo character. Yeah. Um, 
The one thing that I absolutely hate is when DC, like the main line, like Superman is somewhere and something from a Vertigo series. Yeah, no, that's it's crap. Garbage. It's like no, 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 John, Don't John Constantine. King, no, just just stay. Parallel just, universes, parallel. Yeah. Deal. Yeah, they should never mix. Xantana plus Animal Man is a terrible idea. Mm. And now that Wildstorm is mixed into DC, it's uh. just worse. I want to see Martian Manhunter meet like Voodoo and the Dead Boy Detectives. Well, wasn't Martian Manhunter in the very beginning of Sandman? And then Neil Gaiman was like, oh God, this is a terrible idea. Let us never cross over with DC ever again. Yep. But then at the end, if you look at um, yeah. during the procession well, for yeah. Dreams... Everyone's there, including Superman and Batman. Superman and Batman are there. Yeah. Why not? Because DC sucks. Vertigo is the shining gem and the turd that is DC. Yeah, that's they try to do something. Hooray! And and one and that's one of the great things about it because we've we've talked about this in in length about how DC is so wrapped up in, in its continuity that it can't escape it, right? <laughs> no matter how hard they try, no matter yeah. how the hard gravitational they pull of their own, they've created like, an event horizon. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> they they can't escape it. But Vertigo is their whole. They they tried to start a whole new universe, and they did. And now DC. It sounds like DC is trying to like. Every once in a while, that. DC just sort of like reaches an inky black tendril out to try and yeah. grab something from Vertigo, and Vertigo yeah. cuts it off. Yeah, you guys are cool. Can, can we just get Superman in there just a little bit? Never. Just, just the tip of Superman. <laughs> that just would actually explode the world. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> they, they try to do it. Okay, so I, I have to go into my favorite scene in this entire book, and this is what kind of sealed it for me. Uh, was when Amundale shows up, or I, I hope I'm not doing this justice. I hope that's his name. Well, the angel shows up to Lucifer and gives his proposition. And and he says, because uh, he said, well, why would I do this? You know what you're asking of me. And he says, because uh, heaven wishes neither to intervene directly, nor would it stand by and let it happen. You represent the third option. I'm told that <coughs> that you will name your price. And then Lucifer sits there and thinks and says that I may name my price or that I will name it. And the guy goes, will. And it's like, well, you'd think part of omniscience would be that you knowing when to stop. But still, and it, it, you know, just poking a little fun at, at God because he knows everything. And he knows that Lucifer is going to do this. So, you know, he actually, no, you're going to do this and you will name your prize. Like, I will? Yeah, you will. Yeah. Yeah. And so Lucifer's still, even though he's, he's not in heaven anymore, he's still making fun of God. Uh, things I find interesting is this book, um, probably out of the entire series, has the the most balance between pretentiousness and real m- brilliance like that. Mm. And as the series progresses, it leans more towards the brilliance and less towards the pretentiousness. I mm. think so. And I think I think it's because, I mean, for whatever Sandman-y flavor that this started in, I think it, which I'm sure you will read as pretentiousness. Um, to me, it starts out flavored like Sandman, and then it rapidly de- it, it develops its own yeah, character, and just it really does Mike runs the hell away from what it was. Mike Carey really makes it his own in an extremely effective way, and I can I can kind of see some of the some of his writing style. I've been comparing this and um, Unwritten because that's there's some parallels there. there there's some parallels in like some the of his same writer. Yeah, well, yeah. some of the ways he tells stories. I, I think this is 
Oops, and kind of like weaves things together and drops stuff in real early that comes out later in wacky wacky ways. But I I, I find it interesting that Mike Carrion ended up being the first person that we did two books by. That's true. Mm. Hmm. I mean, good job, Mike Carey. Yeah, well, yeah. they're both recommended by Anne. So. Yeah, I like Mike Carey. Mm-hmm. Were they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were. Unwritten was one of mine too. I, th- I think we've done a couple fractions though. Have we? Yeah. We did Casanova, and Casanova was the most recent one. More other things. Mm. That's why it maybe was in the top of my head. Maybe not. Oh, oh. Anne. Just setting up the combos. Snap. Oh, yeah. Well, have <coughs> we done Brubaker twice or? Brubaker? No. 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 no we I just did. Criminal. Criminal? Yeah, yeah. just criminal. Huh. We, we were trying to change it up a little bit. I yeah. can't keep cra- track of the man crush. Remember, Brubaker? They both sort of sound like a job. Actually, title. yeah, we did re- Remender twice. Last Aha. Days of American Crime and. Fear Agent. Fear Agent. Fear Agent. Bam. Yes. There we go. So I'm not the first. Fury Agent yes. is so good. I yeah I'm. Bubble okay, helmets. so maybe I'm crushing I'm crushing on Remender a little bit more than she is on Carrie, but you know. No, I, I thought I recommended Fury Agent. No. 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 Nope. Okay. That was me. Um. Shit, because it's good. Um. So the one the one thing I really like about this is that this is a nice, it's a nice change from um the normal, run of the mill superhero cape and cape and cowl kind of stuff. And also, it really dabbles in the occult that I I love too, because there's honestly there's there's a lot of uh, ways that he can figure his way out of problems or situations, and um, there is usually with casting spells or sacrificing you know, a goat, <laughs> exactly, like sac- you do. or blood or drawing runes or stuff like that. And he didn't have to sacrifice the p- pigeon. He's like the demonic MacGyver. <laughs> Really, he is. Yeah, except he uses That's pigeons true. instead of uh, bubblegum wrappers. Yeah. yeah. Quick, yeah. hand me that car battery, <laughs> the uh, the beanie cap, and a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> It'll totally work out. And, and then there's some really great scenes, too. Like uh, when he was grabbing the one demon. Who, who and he throws him into the atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. He's like, <laughs> I can't kill you by dropping you, but I can throw you into orbit. You know, so that's one way to deal with you. Demon sickle. Mm-hmm. So what did you guys think of Mazikeen? Overall, I, I'll preface it by saying overall, she is one of my favorite characters in the whole series. But I'm curious as to how she comes off in this particular volume. I, I don't understand what she is. I, I mean, I know that it's it's Lucifer's thrall for some reason, but the the mask and the the gibberish that is her speak, I just don't understand. I mean, <laughs> Thank you, Mazda. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I understand d- that she is really hard to understand she, in this. She doesn't get really, di- like, being able to separate her from, the the first book doesn't really have that much for her, mm-hmm. but as the series continues and you get more used to it, you understand what she says and she develops more as a character. Yeah. So as just from this book, I don't think there's enough really for anyone to form an opinion on. I don't know. I feel like there, her her whole actions at the very end, which Joel, you haven't read this part yet, but mm-hmm. she um, knows that she's being stalked by these particularly powerful demons, um, and she gets Beatrice, the other waitress, to gives her half, gives her the mask. Mm. The other half of her face is skeletal, which is why she wears the mask all the time. She's okay. she's also a demon. She's one of the Lilim. Children okay. of Lilith, which yeah, is explained in detail later. Okay, but third book, 
Yeah. And see, now this is the thing. They, I mean, the demons were talking about the the Lilim and like I'm a Lilim and talking in all. Lilim isn't Christianity. Is that's it? a. It's 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 Gnostic? a Christian mythology is it thing. Gnostic. Yeah, I'm not sure where it's from. It's definitely not like core Bible, but to the listeners in home somebody. who are finding this conversation incredibly dry and boring, I apologize. I think it's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ooh. It's it's like persona in action. Yeah. Thinking about Lucifer from from a perspective of Gnosticism, though, that's fucking interesting, because the whole Gnostic idea of being like there, the, like the world we live in is a lie, and there's a greater spiritual truth out there. We are the shadows on the wall. We are the shadows on the wall. We're the Matrix, Blasny Blasny. Like this comes up in science fiction all the time, but thinking about it in terms of this series as a whole, and sort of like uh, semi spoilers, Lucifer plays with making his own reality. Pretty much. And that's really fascinating. What? Okay, you're just blowing my head. No. <laughs> I'm not just blowing blown, your head at all. You've just blown my head. I'm sorry. My and head has the been the podcast blown. took a turn for the awkward for your host. <laughs> what? The horse cock didn't do it for you. Okay. You're, you're taking that in stride. Okay. Okay. Oh, my. Yes, yes, I am. Not so just, much the Hawaiian Just breathe. Dick. Just breathe. And just let it happen. Um, there's pillows so behind you if there's you want one. There's actually a religion about how this is just a, a thin veil. It's a flavor of Christianity. Yeah. Okay. Gnosticism. Really? Um, modern day what, naturalists, to a certain extent, would be the exact polar opposite. Where uh, basically it's the exact opposite of if you can see it, touch it, experience it, it's real. It's mm-hmm. the complete <laughs> tangent. Wow. Or polar opposite. There we go. Um, Indeed. Amazing! I didn't know it exactly goes. I thought it was a pretty picture book. Uh, pretty picture book with words. <laughs> exactly. I I really do. Okay. So speaking of with the words, I do enjoy what he did with the fonts. I hate the fonts you oh, so I like much. The fonts. Like oh. I understand that they. Had, I've know, been it, primed it, by Calvin and Hobbes. It, though. It, I understand what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. but it's really irritating as a reader when you're going through it and you have to readjust your brain because I read incredibly fast, so I get used to a certain typeset. Uh, mm. well so as soon as that switches, it's like it completely derails my mental track. Most people do not read as fast as you do, though. Be fair. Mm. Yes, like but this guy right here. <laughs> I was gonna say, how does that affect me? It doesn't. No. It no. really doesn't. Just uh, dial the brain down to normalcy. Not know? happening. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, just deal with it then. Yeah, fair enough. Um, closing thoughts. Close. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I I would like to actually finish the book because I didn't have time to to read it. Because w- one of the things is is that you actually do have to read every panel and what is happening because yeah, s- there there is a lot of stuff there too. He packs a lot in, and I think he does these really nice kind of uh, kind of subtle things. Like at the beginning, when Lucifer randomly shows up in the girl's bedroom, her brother has just died. And she's like, who are you? Go to fucking hell. And he's like, yes, I was hoping to avoid that, but it seems to be an yeah. inevitability. Yeah. And, and, and how they just set up the settings, too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, in the second story that I just started, um, you don't really realize that they're not in America where p- pretty much all comic books should be based Gosh. in until, until Melos turns over the, the uh, closed sign and it says Astute Mirlide. And I was like, wait, that's not in, oh, my God. We're not in America anymore, and I was—that's—I thought that was a nice touch, you know, 
giving it a little bit of global flavor or a, like a more comprehensive worldview. Ex- exactly. Yeah, where not everybody has. These to These are issues that affect the world, not just New York. Ex- exactly. Yeah, and I, which I really appreciated. Or Gotham. Mm-hmm. Where, where everything. Chicago. What? <laughs> yeah, everything has to be in New York, Manhattan, at Avengers Mansion, or Gotham, you know, or Daily City. Or Those whatever. giant worms that came out of the sky. Nobody gave a crap about them except the, you know, West Coast Avengers. <laughs> West Coast Avengers, <laughs> and they just kind of <laughs> died horribly. <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, Andy hasn't seen the movie. Okay. Spoiler. I, s- I don't. It could have been any giant worms. <laughs> yes. They it could have been, been any sky. They were going in the Chekhov's brain. Don't worry about it. There were giant worms. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's a Wrath of Khan reference. Yeah, I was going to say Star Trek too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 in the ear, the worm, the brain controlling worm. So. Um, Traumatized me forever. What do you guys think about it? That was my piece. Um, It's rewarding as a series, but like I said, this is the most pretentious of them. And it just... It, it's like, look at how smart I am. Look at how clever I am. Look at how, how I'm smarter than you. And you know what? I'm, I don't need to inform everyone else that I'm smart and clever. They're going to pick that up on their own, and that's how it develops. So you need to read this in order to go through the series. Yeah. But it's kind of irritating to me. Uh, it's It's not on the level of pretentious and smugness that Sandman is, but it's it really does get good. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it's worth reading. You know, I, I was thinking the same thing that, like, hey, this is the first comic book that needs footnotes. Didn't yeah. Unwritten have footnotes? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. I, I touch the asymptote of pretension <laughs> on a regular <laughs> basis. <laughs> Gotta remember. You just live there. I, yeah. Yes. Uh, comfortable. And? and? Uh, I mean, obviously, this is my pick. And I like, I like it a lot. Is a good story about Satan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, but really, the story arcs are really well put together, and coming back to it, having like just spent a semester like beating my face against story structure, it's really well done. Like, I it's the something I read a couple of years ago, probably about four years back. Zoomed through, loved it. Um, coming back to it, it's like it's like the opposite of rereading the Redwall books. Like, when I reread the Redwall books as an adult and everything was really flat and cardboardy and black and white and it was really depressing, this is, like, the opposite of that. Just gets better. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It shows. So, buy, borrow, or burn. And? Buy. Borrow? Borrow. Hesitant borrow, but borrow. Mm. I was leaning towards buy. Woo! Yeah. Uh, And the only reason why I say don't buy because... What Andy said, it might be a little too too thick. So here's what you do. Deep. You borrow like the first two trades from somebody, and if you read both of those You'll be sucked into you'll the You'll be series. sucked into the whole thing and you'll end up buying them and it's mm. all downhill from there. Uh Lucifer and his cloying desire. So next time we're gonna be doing uh Luther Strode. Um mainly because Luke is taking a break from the show and I owe him a little bit of uh vengeance. Um, you guys can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, I am Mathtastrophe. Joel is Superfly. That's S O O P H E R P R P R P H P H L Y. Super Philly. Super Philly. Yeah. And is Anne Bean tweets. 
Pod. The main show feed is at Trade Secrets Pod. Yeah. What, it al- is. what else am I missing? Um, the website. Rate us on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. There you go. There's also Zoom Marketplace, if anyone's actually listening on a Zoom. Who listens on a Zoom? No one listens. Why do we it's even... like having a pager. I don't think we're going to ever mention Zooms anymore. Let's never speak their name again. Um, thank you, Anne. No problem. Thank you, Joel. You're welcome. I'm Andy, and if you're having half as much fun as us, we're having twice as much fun as you. Later. <laughs>